Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart podcast, the show that we talk about life problems that may break or tear a heart apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, while our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan, if if you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to the show. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. 
I want to thank everyone who's online right now. You know, the devil tried to um, cause problems with the technology system around here, but we are already claiming victory right now. And we know why he's upset, the devil's upset, because he knows that there's a word from God that's going to take place on today to really help those who may be just searching for God, who may be needing to hear a word from God. And so on today's show, we have a very special guest, a young man who actually came to the show uh, some months ago, a young man that I admire, a young man that is our Sunday school teacher at our school, at our church, I'm sorry, at our church. His name is Minister Landolph Washington. And we're going to talk about grief, things you should know, things that you may need to know about grief, things that you may uh, need to share about grief, and also just important nuggets that God may lay upon his heart to share with us. So without further ado, we're going to welcome right now Mr. Landolph Washington. Mr. Washington, how you doing today, sir? I am blessed and well, and thanks for asking, and thanks for having me again on your show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're gonna jump right into it. Um, as you as you know, it's a lot of things that are going on right now, and I think that's one of the topics that we don't really talk about in detail: grief, and especially within the church. And there's a lot of people that are hurting. So what I want to do, I want to just give you the open form, just share with us what God has given you. Okay, thank you. I mean, this is really a blessing and a privilege to be able to bring this subject to the forefront. And uh, I first got involved in this uh, back when I was living in Mississippi. I used to help out my friends uh, who father owned a funeral home. And uh, and I used to watch and see these people through the service and stuff, see how heartbroken they were. And then I often wonder what happened to them after uh, the service was over, the phone calls stopped coming, the people stopped visiting. And I come to find out among believers uh, is that what they go through and the hurt, the pain they go through, and yet and still there's no one to guide them through. So. Uh, I ask God to give me understanding and knowledge of about grief and what people go through. So basically, grief recovery ministry or grief support is there designed to help believers to and guide them through the grief process, but also restore them back to some type of normalcy in their life. And so this is how I got involved in, and also myself, after experiencing uh the loss of uh, my sister, I lost my mother, I lost my grandfather before they did, and he was my best friend. And it was the things that God taught me and told me about their death that uh, I myself was able to start understanding a little more about it and things. And so this has become a passion of try to extend some type of support to those who are going through grief. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I will say this disclaimer. Number one, um, we're not licensed um, physicians or, um, if you want to say, counselors or psychiatrists. We're not not licensed, but we're 
actually just helping those who may be listening to gear them into the direction of seeking Christ, but also for those who may want counseling, um, professional counseling, there are some Christian counselors that we can help you to find. And the main thing is, they're there to help us. Some Christian counselors are there to help us, and that is a ministry. So a lot of times people may knock them, but they're actually helping us as believers, and there's nothing wrong with us being able to even seek professional help pertaining to these issues, pertaining to these uh, topics and concerns. So I did want to put that disclaimer out there because I think a lot of times people snur their nose up to those who may want to seek professional help. And there's nothing wrong with that, and it's a healthy thing for us to do that. And that is so true because our job is not to cancel our job in the recovery ministry or the support ministry. It's to help guide them through this time of tragedy. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we do would recommend that uh, if there's further need of counseling and other things, uh, we do support uh, getting Christian counseling for that. But a lot of times uh, our believers who will go through this group and through tragedy, they just need someone there to listen to them, uh, not to criticize, not to tell them mm-hmm. how to grieve. And too many times this is the problem that goes on with grief is that people try to tell us how to grieve. Uh, they uh, tell us things like, hey, you need to snap out of it. But, that is not the way to help us to be restored because throughout Scripture we find that how God himself uh, will lead us through that process. So sometimes we just need somebody to help us to get back to some type of normalcy to life. And let me tell you this, it is not easy. Uh, anybody who has suffered a loss uh, through parents, through children, uh, through grandparents or siblings or good friends, we know that these things really uh, disrupt our world. It, it turns our world upside down. And so we're just here to support them through their grief because a lot of times some of these things are reminders, and yet still sometimes these are things that help them to get to know God better and help strengthen their faith and their walk in, in, in their Christian life. Yeah. yeah. Now, from the beginning, what is grief? Grief is it's tragedy, okay, and that tragedy can come in all kinds of forms, okay. Now, see, there's grief, the loss of a loved one through a death. There's also grief relational when there's a breakup uh, force between friends. There's grief when there's come. So there are several types of grief, okay. And so, but what we mostly want to focus on is the loss of loved one through death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> now, what I realize with with the grief, um, there are a lot of times people say different, if you want to say uh, ideas or even if you want to say myths. Uh, they say that there are certain stages you have to go through, and uh, is there, if it's true, the, is there a set order that grief goes through? Okay. Now there are uh, five stages of grief. Now, there is no certain order. Uh, It depends on the individual. 
how many of the stages mm-hmm. they will go through. Not everybody go through all the stages of grief, okay? And there is mm-hmm. no, as I said, there is no particular order. Now, there is denial, there's anger, there's bargaining, there's depression, and there is finally acceptance. And so those are the five stages of grief. Uh, One of my main things is that when I do go into family, uh, let me say this, I never go in a lot of times, sometimes even if I know the people, uh, I never go in when it first happens. Uh, Sometimes I don't even go in the first week. Usually my appearance comes like two weeks or more after because during that week, uh, they're not going to hear anything that you are saying, okay? They will not remember anything. It is that time period after two weeks after the service, that's when the phone calls stop coming in. That's when the visitation stops. So now they are left alone. And so now they have to deal with this by themselves, okay? And so, mm-hmm. therefore, uh, this is where they really need the help that comes in. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you don't mind, kind of expounding upon uh, each one of those stages of grief, please. Oh, sure. Okay. The first one, let's look at denial. Uh, denial is basically no more than uh, a certain form that we may call shock, okay? It is disbelief, okay? Uh, it's no matter how much we prepare for death, there is still going to be shock. Like, how could this happen? Or, or like, how could my friend uh, take their own life? Or why did my baby die? Or, mm-hmm. you know, they just feel like, okay, they were just kicking last week with a friend and these type of things. And, and some of them believe, like, uh, with parents sometimes, they may think says that, you know, if they lose a child, they, they say, well, if I just stop believing, my son will not walk through that door. Well, see, those are all denials. And denial is really a mega dose of anesthesia. It is because reality is too hard for them to cope. So what they do is they uh, they begin to shove reality to the back of their mind, okay? And so okay. until they can find time to readjust their thoughts. And so usually this happens very slowly with an uh, individual, okay? And uh and see, denial can also be seen, as I said, physical shock, faintness, chill, uh, a racing heart. And so uh, this is what denial is, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. But God still has promised us uh, that he will be our hiding place and protecting us uh, with songs of deliverance. And we'll find this in Psalm 32 and 7. And so, uh, and this is where we will stay uh, as we uh, look at God as being our song of deliverance uh, until uh, we can face reality. So that's denial, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there's anger, okay? And so anger is basically expressed by, first of all, with the word why. You know, why did this happen? Uh, uh, why, especially like if there's medical issues. Well, why didn't the doctor... Uh, make the appointment earlier? Or why didn't the doctor see the seriousness of their illness, okay? And so, or or they may even blame themselves 
uh, says, says, okay, why didn't I take certain precautions uh, so that this wouldn't happen? So these are ways that people express their anger. Well, if God is so good, why did God let this happen? These are all mm-hmm. forms of anger. And so uh, so this is what anger consists of. It's, it's a lot of questioning uh, God to why if these things have happened and things. So this is what anger will basically mostly consist of. But God do help us with our anger, and that's one thing we, we, we should be glad to know. Because even in Psalms 44, verses 23 through 26b, we see the psalmist says this. He says, Awake, O Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our miseries and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Redeem us because of your unfailing love. And so uh, anger is a part of underestimating God. And uh, when Mm -hmm. we think God is too high or too lofty to uh, put up with our complaints, but what we fail to understand is this. And some people say that you can't get angry with God. That is not true because God is interested in everything about us. But our dreams, our thoughts, our concerns, or our hopes, our wishes, all those things God is concerned about. But the one who uh, present complaint to God day after day, they develop a relationship with God strong enough to endure all of life's tragedy. So this is anger, okay? The next is bargaining. Now, here's how bargaining goes. Uh, sometimes we may have a loved one that is sick, critically ill, cancer, whatever, or maybe in a comatose state. And we will pray to God with things like, oh, Lord, if you just raise them up or kill them, I promise to do better, okay? Or they will say things like, okay, God, if you do this here, I promise. I had not been paying the tithes, but I'm going to start paying my tithes, okay? So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is what bargaining is. You're trying to, even after death, and watch this, even after death, sometimes we bargain. We try to say, okay, I understand why this death happened. Let me give you an example. Uh, there was a man that lost his daughter, and in the process, one of her friends got saved. And so the father says to himself, he says, that's the reason why she died, so that so-and-so, could, her friend, could get saved. See, that's bargaining. Hmm. And so hmm. we, we over-spiritualize the issue and, and hoping to find, this helps us to, well, we're hoping to find peace when we try to find these solutions or why our loved ones may have been killed walking across the street, okay? It's just, mm-hmm. uh, so we're bargaining with God. And so uh, this is another phase uh, that an individual will go through. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure in your life you've heard why it says, oh, the reason why they may have died. Well, that's bargaining, okay? And mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. okay? So this is try to give us some kind of peace of why our loved one died, okay? The next one is mm-hmm. depression. And this is the stage that mostly concerns me with individuals. Usually I get the, when I get the family together or just the uh, wife or, or whoever it may be, I usually try to find out who is the person that they are closest to. They may confide in or talk to or tell their secrets or whatever to and I used to put that person beside them, and I said, now, look, everybody's going to go through some form of, of depression. Sean may not even go through this state. 
But if the depression gets too bad, I tell them, okay, now I'm going to put you in charge of their life. And I ask them real fast, I say, how would you like for them to control your life? That real fast, I found out, really helped snap them out of it. He said, oh, I don't want them controlling my life, okay? So depression uh, is is basically sometimes uh, the read person, you will see depression through, uh, they have haunting thoughts, insomnia, uh, disturbing sleep. Uh, they may even think about a time or place they may have went somewhere together, and mm-hmm. this causes bring sadness. So uh, depression is basically uh, sadness, and as I said, this is a normal part of grief, and the psalmists speak about this also in Psalms 42 and 3. And uh, and another thing that we have to understand about grief is uh, it's about setting an example of how to process our grief before God. And this is to talk to God. We must verbalize our feelings, move through uh, life, uh, uh Rediscover a sense of God in the rhythm of nature, okay? And so mm-hmm. depression and anger are basically two states that really goes hand in hand. And so it's very important when we're dealing with depression is to find some kind of support group or some friends that, watch this, that won't tell you don't cry. That won't right, 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 right won't judge you or try to give you advice. They're just there to be there to listen. And this mm-hmm. is very restorative to those who go through grief and suffer the uh, suffering through depression. They don't need you to mm-hmm. judge them. They don't right. need you to give right. they need to be restored. So this is uh dealing with depression. It's a form of sadness, okay? And the final stage mm-hmm. is the stage that Usually, it's a question that I ask the family or the loved one is that, can you accept what happened? Now, if you can accept it from the beginning, if you can come to this stage in the beginning, this, as I always tell people, then what happens then is your recovery has now begun. Your healing process has begun if you can accept what happened without bargaining, without being in denial, without being angry, and without being depressed, okay? So, mm-hmm. uh, accepting this, we finally acknowledge that death, and although we don't agree with it, see, because we don't have to agree with death, the death or how the death comes, but it's the mm-hmm. idea of accepting it, that this is a part of life. I often tell people, and I tell families, is that we got to understand that death is as so much a part of life as living. And this is something as believers we need to make sure we tell ourselves, okay? And so when we accept what has happened, we become more at ease with ourselves and nothing, uh, and realize that nothing more can be done. Because if a loved one is sick or terminally ill or has cancer or whatever it is, heart disease or whatever it is, is that if we can accept what has been done is done, then the grieving process goes along very smoothly, okay? And uh, but like I said, we don't have to agree to it, to death, mm-hmm. no. But if we can accept it, it makes our life a whole lot better, okay? Now, mm-hmm. see, and when you accept the death of a loved one, whereas you have taken pictures down so that you can't see it, now you're able to put those pictures up. Uh, 
you start remembering things uh, of good times and that you had, and so this what it was. This this puts smile back on your face, and it brings joy back into your life. And in acceptance is that even though your life has been disrupted, this loved one no longer is in your circle or in your life. You must start finding other things to do to replace the absence of that person. That may mean that you want to broaden your circle of friends, okay? Um, mm-hmm. It means that you may want to take up a hobby or pick up another hobby or thing. So these are the things that goes with acceptance. Now, even if you've gone through all those stages and you get to acceptance, or the only stage you've gone through is acceptance, what happens if you have a setback? Mm-hmm. See, there are a lot of times that you'll see believers, uh, you'll see that they are really progressing through this, this journey of grief. And they may go days or months, and boom, they are just great. And all of a sudden, something little, and that's the what I've always found, there's one little something that will come and bring it back like a flood. So what happens then? When those setbacks come, what you have to understand about those and look at it is that this is one more time uh, to experience the process of God's love and his mercy, which is his compassion. You go back through it again, through everything that you know about God, what God says has promised you during this time and who he is to you during this time. You go back and rehearse those things all over again so that you can get past that setback for that day. Let me say this. The first year is always the hardest, most difficult, and the toughest time of them all. Uh, And as I said, this is not for everybody. It doesn't happen to everybody because each individual, God has made you uniquely different from the other person. And so, therefore, uh, don't everybody go through the process. Uh, don't, there's no certain order that it can come through. So it's based upon the individual. And let me say this. Grieving, as I stated earlier, don't ever let anybody tell you how to grieve. Another, right, part right, of, right. another part of anger is somebody may get angry because somebody else is not crying or showing any mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you have to understand you don't tell a person how to grieve. You never let anybody tell you how to grieve. You grieve however you need to. You know, sometimes I tell some people this here. If you feel like you want to fall out on that flow, and scream and holler and beat that soul and holler to the top of your lungs, it's okay. Right. And right. you know what? And you still are saved. Still saved. Right, right, See, right. That's what we have to understand. We are still saved, but God has made us with emotion. And one thing God knows, he knows us better than we know ourselves, and God knows our emotions. Mm-hmm. That you know what I'm I'm so glad you said that because a lot of times we've heard it, especially with you know within the body of Christ, church, whatever you want to call it, even within family, you know we tell people you know suck it up or they said to cry, so that means that you better not cry, but they don't realize that you know even though we're Christians, but 
we gonna miss them. We're gonna miss their smile. We're gonna miss their presence. You know, and like you said, that doesn't mean that we ain't saved because we shed a tear or we acknowledge that we're gonna miss them. But okay. also, even under the same tokens, what about when someone says, "Well, you know what? They were saved. They were at a better place. <laughs> they they gone to a better place. They they gone to be with the Lord." What what about those kind of comments? Well, first of all, there are some of the craziest. Now, even though those are nice sayings, but ask mm-hmm. those individuals who have suffered the loss or going to grief. They mm-hmm. will tell you. Now, watch this. That's a part of anger. They don't want mm-hmm. to hear that. No, I don't care how. They're in a better place. They with the Lord. No, what they want is for that love going to a better place for them. Is that love going to be right there, right beside them where they can touch it? They can hear their voice. They can talk to them. Uh, 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 they can laugh with them. Whatever, share experiences with them. That's what they want. Yeah, right. right. They, they don't. They don't. They don't want to hear that. No, 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 no. I, uh, I'm right now working with a classmate who lost his son, 36 years old. He was in his garage with his friends, and he was talking to him. He fell. He just dropped. He got up, and he fell again. And so they lived in another city away from where my hometown is. And as she told me, as they were driving, they were praying to God. She was praying to God. And she was thinking, and this is a believer who loves the Lord and has faith in God. And she just believed when he got there, hey, he was going to be okay, fine. Okay, he just had a fainting spell. Well, when she got there, he died 30 minutes before they got there. Another friend, great friend of mine, sister in Christ, baptized with her. And when I left uh, my hometown and the church I was in, she took over my place teaching the Sunday school class. She lost the love of her life. The man that she always loved, always wanted to marry, married him. And she's praying to God, and as, she, as I stated earlier about doctors, uh, she told me that even when the doctor told her that her husband was going to pass, and he had only these number of days left, and, saying, and like she said, she went in total denial. It's like she didn't hear it. And in her mind, she planned, she said, I'm not going to let this happen. Because you know why? Because... Jesus has always answered my prayers, and I'm going to pray for the Lord, and the Lord is going to lift him up. And the very day that he died, she told me, she said, that was the day the doctor said he was going to die. So what she planned in her mind, said in her mind was, I'm going to stay in this bed with him all day long, and as long as I stay in this bed, he's not going to die today. And she said she laid in bed with him basically all day, and then there was a sound came from one of the rooms where one of the grandkids was, and she said before she got in bed, she touched his face, and he was warm. And she said, I no more lined up than walked to the door. I didn't even walk out the room. And I looked down to where my grandchild was, and okay, it's fine. And she said, and I get back in the bed with my husband, touch him, he's gone. And this is what she tells me. She says, I still love God, and I'm not leaving the church. I still trust God. But here's one thing. I got an issue with the Lord because there were things that we had planned to do, and how could God take him when we were at the point to start doing the things that we had planned to do? And so Mm -hmm. here's one thing that we have to understand as believers by prayer. 
Prayer was never intended for us to get God to do our will. But through communicating with God, we get to know him better and his love for us. Mm. Mm. And so, like she told me, she says, there are people that told her, say, don't cry. You need to get over this and all this. And, oh, I can see, because I know her so well, and I can see uh, as I talked with her, I went back home and visited with her and t- talked with her, and she says, oh, these people, oh, they make me so mad. She says, and finally one day, Mr. West, my friend who owns the funeral home back at home, who was taken over uh, after his father and brother died, said he talked to her, says, when these people now come to you, just put your hand up to them and say it's not today because he says, God knows if God wasn't in me, there's something I want to tell him. But see, there's anger. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that all becomes a part of their anger process, these things. Well, let me say this. A lot of times for people who are grieving, and I have found this over and over and over again, even when I ask, usually I go in there several questions I ask, and I asked them, first of all, how much do you remember of all the things that people said to you before I've gotten to you? They say they don't remember anything. The only thing they remember that was said is the things like they're in better place or they're with the Lord. And they said, and that makes me angry. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> and like this, I found this with everybody, too, that I've dealt with. They say they remember more the people who came and never said a word than those who have said words that thought was confidential there. They remember that mm-hmm. more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes we we feel like if we open up our mouth and say something, oh, there'll mm-hmm. be something there'll be something so profound that may help them. It may mm-hmm. be that encouragement, but like you said, mm-hmm. sometimes saying nothing at all, even just going by to their house and just picking up a broom, mm-hmm. that's enough yeah. right there. Yes. It's just even if you just walked in and said, you have my condolence and I'll be praying for you, they will remember that way more than all the things that people say to them in those uh weeks of the service and and things like that, preparing the service and all the things that they have to do, they they don't remember. And Hmm. I have dealt with hundreds of people, and I've found that to be true with all of them. A couple of things I want to bring up before we um, continue, even pertaining to some of the stuff you you had um, mentioned in Sunday school. If you lose a loved one, what about those people who may want to reach out to their loved one who have passed on? And also, what about those who may even just try to give a little tribute to their loved one that passed on by tattoos or something like that? Um, can you speak about those two, those two things right quick? Oh, well, first of all, let's, let's deal with the tattoos. First yeah, of all, the yeah, scripture yeah. tells us in the book of Leviticus that we're not to mark our bodies, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. with no engraving or carving 
or cutting, okay? We're not to do mm-hmm. that because, see, what happens is that we see in Scripture is that that means ownership. And we see that in the Bible and Revelation uh, is that the Lord will put his name in our forehead. So that's ownership. Mm-hmm. Anything that you put your name on or something, that's ownership. Uh, 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 uh. Even the devil tries to do the same thing. And he used the mm-hmm. number six by building it up, saying six, six, six. He put it, so that means ownership. So, no, we should, uh, we should never do that. But no, no. Now, about trying to get in touch with loved ones. Now, I know you, you, you see on these, some of these shows and stuff, and you can find them on television where people go to these people. And I, I've had a lady tell me, she said, oh, this is not a seance and whatever, but this person can get in contact with the loved ones. And, uh, and, 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 boy, you'll be surprised in the things they tell you about their loved ones and, and, and these type of things. And a lot of times, sometimes these can happen by thinking so hard about them. We have to be very careful with that because sometimes in doing that, uh, uh, we can bring up demonic spirits that mm-hmm. take on the form or the appearance of our loved ones. And we can invite these evil spirits within uh, our homes and things, okay? And so mm-hmm. we just have to be very careful with that, okay, because uh, uh, we, we, we don't want to do that. Uh, the best way to, to memorialize our loved one is that God has given us memories. And mm-hmm. let us enjoy the memories. That's another thing that I do when I go into families. And that's why I always try to wait till everybody, nobody's coming, no phone calls coming. And one of the things that I, I use when I say, I say, tell me a funny story about this particular loved one. And boy, they, oh, you see them all the time. You see them start getting smiles on their faces, and they'll start the laughing and things like that. And then they'll tell you this funny story. And then they got another funny story. Then they got another funny story to tell. And so then... You, you see that grief leaves their faces and out of their hearts. And so, therefore, they now begin to realize, okay, this is how I'm memorializing it because I'm remembering all those good memories and things and thoughts and the things that they have told me in the past and things. And so this is the best way to do that opposed to trying to contact them from uh, beyond, as I used to say, or from the grave. Okay, or beyond mm-hmm. the grave. So this is a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also, even what you were saying about the tattoos, but a lot of people don't realize whatever engravement that you put upon your body, you mm-hmm. allow allowing that to become your God. That's what you become to worship. That's right. That's right. That's a form of worship. That is so mm-hmm. true. And, you know, we think it's okay. And it has become a fad, and now it's become a, a part of our culture and stuff. That uh, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day when I was coming up, the only somebody wore tattoos was people in prison, biker gangs, and sailors. Okay, and so therefore, when you look at the biker gangs and the tattoos and things they had, and and, and uh, uh, people in prison, you didn't want to identify with that. But mm-hmm. now it has become too commonplace. 
See? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, anything that you mark on your body, this is what you worship because you're showing this is this has ownership over you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, before we go to the era, uh, there are some. You know, you and I, we 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 are, me, we are a student of words. Mm-hmm. I love looking up the meaning of words and also even the meaning of names. And mm-hmm. so, when it comes down to um, knowing the characteristics and the nature of God, you know, there are certain names that mm-hmm. are associated with His character, pertaining to whatever situation that we're dealing with. So, with grief. Uh, are there any names that come to mind that we might be able to just um, just look at God's character through the situation of grief pertaining to his name or yes. his character? Yes, yes, there is. There are five names of God that gives a clue and let us know God's character when we're going through or struggling with grief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, you, you, you can expound. You can expound. Sure. Okay, I'll give you the five names and then we'll expound on them. The first one is okay. Elohim. The first one is Elohim Shama. The second one is Jehovah Azai. The third one is Elohim Kara. The fourth one is Lun Rasha. And the fifth one is Shog Nesesh. Okay, now let's go through these names. The first one is Elohim Shama. Shama simply means here. How do we know? Let's look at Exodus 2 and 24. It says, The God who hears. That's the character of God here. It says, Exodus 2 and 24 read it like this. It says, God hears their groaning, and he remembers his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So mm-hmm. like a faithful friend who puts all aside when we show up with a need, God takes us by the hand and locks his gaze upon us and give us his undivided attention. And we find this in Psalm 17 and 6. And he assures us that God is an active listener, but he doesn't merely hear our words. He's also moved by the unvoiced groaning of our hearts, according to Romans 8 and 26, the Apostle Paul tells us that. See, sometimes even when we in grief or struggling with grief, sometimes we can't even verbalize. So the Lord mm-hmm. so attention to our cry is that he even hears the unverbal expression of your grief. Mm. Yes, yes. And so and, and also dealing with uh, Elohim Shaman, we also find that we can find encouragement to know that in Christ, God is completely empathetic to our human struggle. And we find this in Hebrew 4 and chapter 4, verse 14 and 16. And watch this here. According to Psalms 139 and 1, God knows us intimately. And because mm-hmm. he listened and attended to us, and because he loved us perfectly, we can rest assured that he will always meet our needs, according to Philippians 4 and 19. And even when no one else seems to be paying attention, you can trust that God hears the cry of your heart. So this yes. is 
Elohim Shama, which means God hears. You may not even be able to express it, but I want you to know, and I want all our listeners and brothers and sisters in Christ that dealing is struggling with grief, and those who are not going through but hear this, as that they can also uh, they can remember most of this, or some of this is be able to share this with someone who may be going through or struggling with grief, that God is always attended to our cry, even when we can't even verbalize it. He, mm-hmm. he understands how grown it, okay? Now, the mm-hmm. next one is Jehovah Uzzah. Now, this means the Lord, my strength. According to Psalms 28 and 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Psalms 28 and 7. And see, this is a part of the uh, acceptance as we struggle through our grief. It is very important that we understand we praise God and we worship God in our soul. Mm-hmm. So that may seem difficult, but, you know, but if it's within us, if we can reach down in and through acceptance of what has happened, that we realize what is done is done. All that could be done was done. There's no need for guilt. Uh, the question is, is there anything else that I could have done? No. Uh-uh. But through acceptance, then we will find that, we give God praise and we worship God. And so uh, when we say the Lord is my strength, you know, here's the place that it says, are you out of gas today? Look to the Lord. And even if you are not physically spent or feeling emotionally weary today, look to God. Trust in his power to make it through the day or ask for his strength to fill you and animate you so that you might have the power to live and speak for him, according to Acts 1 and 8. Ask for strength to resist sin and make a difference in the lives of others. And thank God for his ability to do immeasurable more than all we will or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, Ephesians 3 and 4. See, that's another part of the acceptance. Watch this. If we can realize that there is something that we can be doing to help somebody else as we deal with our grief or share what our experience of grief with somebody else. Oh, this helps us and gives us strength. Okay. And part of this here will also fall under those that are depressed because, see, what happens is you emotionally, you are physically spent. And so to help you to get through that is to know that, Jehovah Uzzah, uh, and is your strength. And so you have to rely on his strength, not your strength. And so this mm-hmm. also is another character of God that we can rely on uh, as we uh, struggle through grief. Now, the third one is Elohim Hora. Now, in the Hebrew language, it is spelled Q-A-R-O-B, and sometimes it is spelled Q-A. Now, what does this mean? It means that God is near. Okay, according to Deuteronomy 4 and 7, we see, what other nation is so great 
as to have their God near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. So there are some things that we need to look at that are encouraging to us and how and here are some of those truths that are encouraging to us. One, God is with you even if you can't see or feel his presence. Now, that's one thing that I live by, is that even when I can't see God, I know he's working behind the scenes. And so this is the thing that we have, to, and as we struggle, we may not see God moving right before us, but what we can realize is that God is working behind the scenes. I think one of the uh, imagery that a lot, a lot of people have in their houses, that picture of the footprint in the sand, you know, mm-hmm. they only see the one mm-hmm. step, they think that's them, but really, truly, it's not them, it's God. Okay, so, and I often look at this and say, golly, you know, I thought I was carrying myself through, but really, truly, it was God carrying me through, but I couldn't see it. He was only working behind the scenes. So, yeah, God is always uh, near us, and sometimes he's working behind the scenes, but yet still, he's near us. The next thing is God is all-powerful and sovereign. He's in control, even if that doesn't seem true. Now, watch this here. Talking about God's sovereignty. This is talking about God's providence. And one part of God's sovereignty of God's providence is what is called God's hard providence, and that is grief. And David experienced that with the loss of a child. He came to understand God's hard providence and that God allowed death to come into our lives. The third thing is God's uh, nature is love. And his heart is good even when things doesn't look that way. So even as we struggle through grief, we have to understand that God is love and his heart is good even when things don't look like they that is true. Now the fourth one, it is called it's when you look in the English it may uh you may pronounce it as wrong, Russia, but in the Hebrew language it is pronounced Nam Russia. Uh, this is the one who lifts my head. We find this in Psalm 3 and 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. Now, according to David, David says that uh, God is the friend who lifts our heads. And David knew what it was like to be depressed and overwhelmed. And see, that's, that's what happens when uh, death See, people become overwhelmed because their world has been, it's in total chaos. They have not planned about what to do if certain loved ones was not in their lives. And so they are truly overwhelmed about what has happened, and as I said, depression falls in them. And so David, he understood sadness and grief. And it says, he who's familiar with guilt and shame, David was familiar with guilt and shame and pain, all things. But he also knew what it was like to have God take him by the chin, lift his head, and offer hope. God tenderly mm-hmm. looked in our heads, looked in our eyes, exalted us, and let us know we are not alone. So this is the fourth name or characteristic of God, Long Russia. Now, the fifth mm-hmm. one, I love this one. It's called Show Nesbeth. It means renewal of life. In Ruth mm-hmm. 4 and 15, we see this. He will renew your life 
seen you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, have given him birth, Luke 4 and 15. Now, the, the name Shub simply means to turn. Nephesh simply means restore. So the chaos and being overwhelmed and the struggle of going through the tragedy or dealing with grief, what God is going to do is he's going to turn your life back around and restore you. And I find that so amazing that God is going to turn. You see, God will not replace our sorrow with joy. No, he's going to turn our sorrow into joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so God doesn't just animate us physically. He also des- uh, desires to see us come alive spiritually. He wants to renew mm-hmm. our life, to give us eternal life. That is a life that is consistent of knowing him through Jesus Christ, according to John 17 and 3. Jesus insists he comes to offer his followers life to the full, according to John 10 and 10. Now, God still should invoke imagery of a life uh, impossibly abundant and incredibly rich and lushing over with blessings regardless of our ups and downs of life. So, see, God is going to turn that situation, our grief, around and restore us and give us quality of life, according to John 10 and 10. So, these are the names that we can remember uh, according to God's character. And as I said, that's mm. Elohim, Shama, which means God hears us. There is uh, Jehovah Uzzah, the Lord is my strength. Elohim, Kara. God is near. Uh, Lam Rasha, which means the one who lifts my head. And the last one is Shub Nesh, which means renewal of life. And God will renew our lives, even though it may not seem like it, but He will renew our lives. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's, that's beautiful and that's comforting, you know, because a lot of times when we dealing with grief, sometimes we feel so alone. Sometimes yeah. we feel like there's no one that can relate to us. And like we always say, I love disclaimer, and we still save. Mm-hmm. We still love the Lord. But sometimes mm-hmm. we feel that, you know, sometimes we can be so much in mm-hmm. deep grief and, and despair, and we feel mm-hmm. like, you know what, maybe I'm too deep for God to reach. Mm-hmm. And you even just sharing, just sharing those scriptures and those names that's letting us know that God is an ever-present help. Yes. He's there. Yes. He's not there just looking over us, but he's there with us. He's mm-hmm. there with us. Even while we're mm-hmm. grieving, he's right there. He never left us. No. Even not. when we try to leave him, he mm-hmm. never left us. That, never had a desire true. to leave us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And let me say this, too, is that, watch this, when we are going through grief, yeah, it helps to have someone who has had like experience, but watch this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though somebody may have lost a parent like you have lost parents, the grief mm-hmm. is not the same. Exactly. Say that again. Yes. Yes. 
someone may have lost a parent, the grief is not the same. It's different mm-hmm. because each individual are different. Now watch this. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. You can never tell a person. That's one thing I never do when I go in with people who have lost loved ones. Because there are certain grief I haven't experienced myself yet. Watch this here. Mm-hmm. It says, unless you have experienced the same thing, you cannot help that person. Okay? In a way, I mm-hmm. agree with that. But watch this here. As a man, I would never know what it means to lose a husband. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. Okay? And mm-hmm. and so, 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 therefore, right there, no, I cannot help for say, as they say it, is to be able to help them. No, no, that is true. I, I, I can't help them. But even though we have, may have shared some like experiences of tragedy, mm-hmm. because we are all different, the grief is not the same. And that's mm-hmm. why it's always important is be there and just only offer condolence or offer prayer, and that's it. And then mm. let the person talk to you. And then you can share your experience of that same loss and what the Lord has did for you in your life to help encourage them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even how and even how you were saying how you were saying that there might be two people that may have lost the same type of relationship. It might have been That's a it. brother that they lost. Yes. It may not be the same thing because the relationship between the two may be totally different than the other. There you go. This person, this person might have been close to their brother, and they mm-hmm. passed away. Versus this one right here might have been alienated from their brother, but they still yeah. lost the brother. That's right. But two Watch different, two different type of relationship, two different type of griefs. There you go. Watch this here. In losing a sibling, brother and sister, mm-hmm. they lost the same mm-hmm. sibling. They are both mm-hmm. grieving. Grief is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what I'm going through. And you say, but that was my brother too. But see, mm-hmm. she as a female, her grief is different from yours as a male. Mm-hmm. 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 I experienced mm-hmm. a loss sister that was only 11 months younger than me. And we shared the same age every year for a week. And we just enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And even now, 12 years later, 12 years later, I think about it every time that we come along. But it's not the same. Because hers stopped and mine's continued. Now, my brothers and sisters don't understand that grief because mm-hmm. they didn't share the same age for a week. That was special to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But they thought mm-hmm. the same sibling I did. And I mm-hmm. understood mm-hmm. my sister, and I only had one sister. As I saw her grieve and what she went through, I realized hers was totally different than mine because she only had one sister. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a sister anymore, but she has three brothers. Mm-hmm. See, her grief is different. Same tragedy, same loss, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. grief. Mm. Mm. 
I had a friend of mine I was speaking to. Um, she lost a brother. She said something that I never thought about. When she lost her brother, that brother so happened to be her best friend, excuse me, her uh, twin, her twin brother. She said, I lost the brother that shared the womb with me. I lost, I lost my womb mate. Mm-hmm. And then she began to make me think about the special bond that twins have. So that's that something is. else. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, yes. You're the same sibling, but that twin, mm-hmm. their grief is different than the other t- uh, uh, sibling. Right, See? right, right, right. And so that's why hmm. I learned never to walk into a family and tell them, I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, hmm. always ask, "What can I do to help you?" Yes. See, I tell I tell you what. What we're gonna do? We're gonna uh, <laughs> go to the air right now, just in case okay. somebody wanna um, ask a question or even just say a comment. We're gonna go to this first area code four six nine. Hello, welcome to Reckon Up My Heart podcast. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing today? All right, all right. This is Brother Green. I was enjoying the show. I just uh, chime in for a minute. I think what we have to realize in life is that everybody experiences love different. Mm-hmm. Some people love harder than others, and so yeah. therefore we we would never know how another person feels because we all genetically different. Uh, right. We're spiritually different. We Mm-hmm. And so we can never uh, uh, say, I know how you feel. Because mm-hmm. in our relationship with sisters and brothers, each sister and brother has secrets that the other brother or the sister didn't know because we've done things together differently than we did with another brother. And so, right. therefore, when you right. go into the grave, those secrets and those other things go into mm-hmm. the grave. And so the other persons could never know how you feel mm-hmm. uh, because you didn't have that kin-like spirit that that person yeah. had with you. You had a different type of relationship. And so mm-hmm. that's what we have to look at when we, we go into this thing is that we have to look at that everybody loves different. And some, yeah. you know, even you can have, I had five brothers. My middle brother and me was closer than, all of my other brothers, we did a whole lot of stuff to like, alike, you know, together. We did things, you know, a lot of things together. And so when he passed, it, to me, it was harder on me than anybody else. But mm-hmm. everybody expressed their grief differently. That's right. Than I did, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, th- and that's what we have to understand. It's it, grief comes in many different ways. Many times we only deal with it only with death. But mm-hmm. you have businessmen business that have grief because they lock a lot of stock. We have yes. uh, all <laughs> yeah. vast yeah. a lot of That's amount right. of different griefs. That's but right. but but uh, uh, grief is a way of testing our faith as a Christian. Right. The Book of Hebrews tells us that there were many saints that prayed and believed God for a lot of things, but they never got it. Right. But they had faith even unto the grave. Mm-hmm. They were still believing in God unto the grave. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, as believers, 
regardless if we didn't, uh, if if we prayed for somebody to live and they died, if we uh, if we prayed for uh, a son and we didn't never had the son or the daughter, if we prayed mm-hmm. that God would heal us, if we prayed that God would bless us financially, if we prayed whatever it is, uh, when that thing never materialized, will it mm-hmm. cripple our faith? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to look at. Will that cripple our faith? And so mm-hmm. if it cripples our faith, then did we really have faith? Yeah. Or, or did we have uh, uh, just an arrangement mm-hmm. that as long as God was doing what we wanted him to do, then mm-hmm. um, he was our God? Right. But if, if we read that whole chapter 11, chapter of Hebrews, mm-hmm. uh he said, "What uh, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness." That's and right. We keep reading on, and all the all the patriarchs throughout that, and see. In the meanwhile, we don't look at there were many people in the New Testament that got their heads cut off, but they were believing God that they wouldn't go to the guillotine. Right. Yet still, they got their heads chopped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to look at everything that we go through life is just a a test to our faith. Mm-hmm. And to see if, if God don't do it, will we still serve him? Yeah. If, if, you know, if, if all of our enemies rise up against us, will we still serve God? If mm-hmm. uh, if all hell is breaking loose, will we still serve God? Or mm-hmm. are we just in it for the fishes and the loaves and the bread? Mm-hmm. And so even in grief or whatever you want to call it or whatever your situation is, we have to understand it's just a test of our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times it, it wasn't God's will mm-hmm. Some people try to make it seem like it was God's will But many times it was it, it, it was uh, God in the, in the bottom line is God allowed it But it may That's not right. have been his will It may That's not have right. been mm-hmm. his will it, But it, God allowed it Because we are free moral agents And uh, we can live any type of lifestyle that we want to live but God allows us to go through it. So many times uh, death comes through lifestyles that we live. Death comes through genetic things that happen in our life. And sometimes death comes through because people didn't take care of their health. Yeah. You know, and so mm-hmm. so we have to uh, uh, just understand that God allowed it, but it may not have been his will, and that it is just a challenge to our faith. And then yeah. if, and all of that, uh, are we still going to stand with God or are we going to leave God? Because it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to work out. And see, right. and so, you know, and I've just lost a brother-in-law that, uh, to me, he was more than a brother-in-law. He was like a brother. He was my eating buddy, you know, and I was praying that with life and I was praying all of these different things, but yet and still I lost a brother-in-law. So mm-hmm. well, am I going to give up on God because of that? You know, many people leave the church. Many people right. get angry with God. Many people get angry with their family, with the doctors, and and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And just uh, uh, we have to look at it as, as uh, 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 I think it's Mr. Clean White and uh, one of the Clark sisters sang a song, say, accept mm-hmm. what God allows. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line we have to do. We have to learn how to accept what God allows. Mm-hmm. And because God knows all things, but 
and I think in the book of Genesis, around the 50th chapter, God said, uh, 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 I believe it was Joseph. I may have the wrong uh, name there, but he said that um, uh, what you meant for evil, God turned uh-huh. it around for my good. Sometimes uh-huh. the devil uh-huh. comes in and do things that he thought was going to cripple you and thought that was going to take you out. But yet it's still God, if we allow him to, everything has the key word, allow. If, uh, if, if we allow God to, God will turn that thing around mm-hmm. and for our good and be, be able to use it for a testimony, amen, mm-hmm. so we can tell other folks how God has brought us out of different things and how God has blessed us and how God has taken us to new heights and different levels in him. So to the one in the radio land that's depressed and all because of that, uh, because of grief and all of that, we cannot stay in the grief stage too long or it will turn into depression. And if we stay there too long, it will turn into depression. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're not going to a spiritual counselor, then most of these uh, natural counselors, they want to medicate us with all different kinds of drugs that would make us hallucinate and do very different things. And so uh, mm-hmm. we just we have to, uh, our afflictions uh, uh, are just for a moment, as Christ said, but God has a greater reward and a greater work for us if we can just come on out of that affliction. And, you know, it takes time and it would heal itself, but we have to speak to ourselves every day and tell ourselves that I'm not going to allow this to cripple me. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, 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 I was uh, meditating on the message. It's broken, but yet standing. And so mm-hmm. in this hour, we may be broken, but we still have to stand. If we've done all, we have to stand. Amen. And mm-hmm. so the, uh, that that's the point. Sometimes we come in life, we're broken, but we're, are we going to stand for God? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. things that happen, happen, things have happened to try to cripple me. But we have to tell the devil, not today, devil. You're not going to cripple me today. I'm going to move on in God, and I'm going to go on and be what God has called me to be. And I just Mm -hmm. want to chime in on that and let people know that in spite of what all we're going through, there's a greater place that God is trying to take us. And if we Mm -hmm. can just stay on the train, if we can stay on the plane or whatever you like to ride, if we can stay on it, God has a greater place for us to go. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I agree Thank with Minister Tim. Yeah, I agree with Minister Tim on everything he said because I one thing that I do live by is this: what the three Hebrew boys said. If he don't, I know he can. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. raise up, mm-hmm. I'm praying for him, I know he can. And so this is what mm-hmm. I live by. And let's, let me share this real fast about about grief. Also, I've experienced grief in another way. I remember when my son, uh, I guess he was about eight years old or something like that, and he hit his head and he had amnesia. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know who his mother was. We didn't understand know what had happened at the time. I had just walked out the room with him, went to call my mother long distance, talked with her, and they saying, I know I see him in the hallway standing, look like he's lost. And I just was joking. I said, you know who I am? He said, no. Then I said, oh, wait a minute, something is going on. Now, long story short, we had to end up taking him to a child psychologist the next day. And I, I decided that I wanted a female doctor opposed to a male. And so because the woman is more nurturing. And they told us we had to leave him for that day. I left him. My wife and I left him. We came back. And they put us in a room and put my wife on the sofa and put me in a chair. 
And the doctor was in one chair and they brought him in and stood him up in the midst. And the doctor told us to take a good look at him, take a good long look at him. And we experienced death this way. The doctor told us that the child that was born to us had died. The child, the body we was looking at, was a totally different person. All his memories and everything had been erased. And if I hadn't looked over there and saw my wife as though something in her body had died in her body language, I wanted to fall on that slow scream, holler, yell, to do whatever it was to get that out because that was our only child. That was my son. And now you're telling me that my son is dead, but I got to look at his body, but the person that was in him is no longer there? Oh, that was hard. Mm. That was hard. But they promised us that he would be better than what he was. And that's why I came to acceptance, and I, I can hold to that last name, Shonisbeth, is that God did restore and renew his life. He, went, he has gone on to do great things, men win many awards, have served 10 years in our United States Navy as an officer, and now God blessed him that he's an operational manager at a distribution center for Dollar Tree. I mean, what God has done in his life is totally amazing. I could never, ever thank God enough for that. So, see, death can come in many ways. Death comes through amnesia. Because, see, you can't ever ask them, what they remember because that puts strain on their brain and that sets them back. And so sometimes they recover. And that was that was difficult for me. But I had to depend on God. God had to be my strength. I needed God to lift up, put his hand under my chin and lift my head up and exalt me. And so you know, when people tell me that when I see that people have lost a child or son, I have some idea, but the difference is they can't see their child anymore. At least I get a chance to see the body of mine. Mm-hmm. We, th- we thank God for ministering, and also thank you even for sharing that because a lot of times people just look at it from that one aspect. But, mm-hmm. you know, even just to hear that, you know, that's, you know, if you never experienced anything like that, you don't really understand the dynamics of that. But those who have gone through that, mm-hmm. there's a connection, and a, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, a lot of time, even with the grief, when when we have those kind of things happen, it begins to start a conversation amongst each other. Then there becomes mm-hmm. a bond, and mm-hmm. and out of that bond comes a ministry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What I'm gonna do? We're gonna to go to the next caller right quick. Okay. Like this area code seven o six. Seven o six. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast. You're on the air with Landy Washington. How you doing today? Hello. Hello, are you there? Okay. Okay, we're we'll going. We'll Skip that call. We're gonna to go to the next caller, uh, Eric Cole four six nine. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast. You're on the air with Brother Prater and Landolph Washington. How you doing today? 
Okay, last four of the digits, four, two, seven, three. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Okay, okay, I'll, um. Hello? I'll give them, I'll give them yes, yes, you're on the air. You're on the air. How you doing today? Okay, hi, I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great, doing great. You're on the air with. Myself, Brother Prater, and uh, Lando Washington. Actually, I was just listening in. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. But um, I, I wanted to say a little bit, just a little bit. Um, okay, okay. To let y'all know that you all are, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, to, to let y'all know that y'all are hitting the nail on the head. And uh, I just wanted to um, say a little bit, um, just who have experienced, you know, grievance from the loss of a loved one. I've lost, uh, not too long ago, I recently lost my twin brother first. Mm. And we were close, my, my myself and my twin brother. And that really, really, you know, tore me up really bad. It just, because we were, you know, close and we, you know, communicated and we were twins. <laughs> And um, it really affected me mentally, you know, the whole nine years. Uh, it affected me from I couldn't work. I couldn't, you know, lift over five pounds. It was just a lot of, you know, things that triggered, you know, from that death. Uh, and then after that, two years later, I lost one of my oldest brothers. My mom had two sets of twins. <laughs> so I lost my one of my twin brother, and then, my two, I had my other set of twin brothers, the oldest, one of them passed. So, you know, once again, <laughs> you know, that really hurt me, you know, again. But now I love both of my brothers, don't get me wrong, but my yeah. twins, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, they hitting the nail right on the head. <laughs> it was a different bond, you know. <laughs> you know, but um, I just once again wanted to encourage people that may have once again experienced the death of a loved one it's not over and like you said brother Landon sometimes we pray because I did I prayed I'm telling you I was I was there every single day with my twin brother when he was you know on the deathbed but I didn't want to I didn't even want to you know when the doctors are saying oh he'll never do this again he'll never I didn't want to hear that you know, <laughs> so right. I'm praying and speaking over him and the whole nine yards. And guess what? He still passed, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you said. Sometimes God may heal him, you know, but he may not. Or he, and he'll answer your prayer, but he may not do it the way you want him to do it, you know. So <laughs> I had to come to grips with that. <laughs> now, keep yeah. in mind, we... We have to come to grips with that. We don't want to beat ourselves up and, you know, mm-hmm. kill ourselves and blame myself. Because I'm gonna be honest, I did. I blame myself a little bit. I did, and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be honest. I also didn't. I lost the desire to live. I did, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> what really, what really kept me was my friends and family. You know, certain family mm-hmm. members and the love. For God that I had, you know, mm-hmm. so that's what that's what helped me sustain mm-hmm. me, and and then also 
I didn't keep I didn't keep my grieving to myself. I, mm-hmm. I reached out, you know, mm-hmm. to get help. So that's what helped me and go through the healing process. And mm-hmm. then as I was going through that, I was still encouraging others. There you go. Positive into other people's lives, you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, I would still go home and, you know, I did all that. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm human, you know. Right, right, right. But, right. but at the same time, I was, and I was like, God, yeah, I'm telling you, I was, I was mm-hmm. just really, but at the same time, I noticed every time it was like, when I do, when I do it again, if, if, if I see somebody is in need or if I see somebody is hurting or if I see, I'm reaching out to them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, so you know what? God just let me know that he's healing me mm-hmm. the more I do that, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I thank, thank God for that. And I want to encourage, once again, all the people that has lost loved ones, please don't give up. There give is up. help out there. And there mm-hmm. is hope. You know? That's right. But y'all keep doing what y'all doing. God bless y'all. <laughs> and God bless you. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. Right. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go to the next caller. This next caller is Ashley, um, the one that uh, was before this one that didn't answer. But this is from a seven oh six. Area code. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast. You're on the air with Brother Prater and Mr. Landy Washington. How you doing today? I'm all right. I'm delighted that you chose me or given me the opportunity to speak. Uh, I'll try to bring something forth that uh, maybe someone could be comforted by. In situations, yes. in situations of grieving, we have to be extremely careful not to empower people to make the situation worse. During time, during time of grief, a lot of people get caught up in material things, fighting over those. A lot of times people get, get fed up with remarks people made about the one who's lost. Uh, he was this or he wasn't that. And, and, and they empower people to make them, to allow them to feel bad. And that's one of the worst things you could do. You gotta seek God. You gotta seek God for but the relief of the pain that you're suffering. Because only He only He can reach that that point inside of you to ease the pain, not to get rid of it, but help you cope with it and cope mm-hmm. with the loved one. We are born to die. We didn't come mm-hmm. here to ever. And it's gonna happen. Don't feel bad about the loss of a loved one. Feel good about the opportunities you had to smile, hug, and love Thank them. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Feel yes. good mm-hmm. Don't let somebody who character is small remarks cause you to hurt worse than what your loved one caused you to hurt. That is not wise. Mm. God would not want it that way. Mm-hmm. And if you would just keep those things in mind, I think it'll clear the passageway for you a whole lot more. Mm. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come on the air and speak, Brother Pray that we have almost a, well, a daily 
point of contact for us, giving me information. I thank God for that. You have broadened my insights on so many things, sir, and I thank you so very much for that. Oh, well, I want you to know I I appreciate that. I I love you. We love you dearly, and I thank you, thank you for all that you thank you for even coming in and and just uh, not just fellowshipping with us, but even giving us those nuggets. You know, you you're you're very very valuable to to us, the body of Christ, but even to this nation. We thank you for your service. Thank you. God bless. God bless yes. you. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Man, Man that's – I'll tell you what, um, what, what we're going to do, like, is, is uh, two more people I'll ask them if they want to be on the air. But before before the, um, I give them the opportunity, uh, Brother Landon, so far, as we get ready to wrap it up, so far, uh, is there any remarks you want to say, even just based upon the calls that we received? Well, yes, and just as the sister said and I had stated, uh, what we are going to in the village just then, first of all, let us always with the loved ones, once they go, is give God thanks. That's one thing my grandfather taught me. He says, no matter how bad it is, the thing, first thing, always give God thanks. That begins our healing process. It's giving God mm-hmm. thanks. The next thing, like he said, don't give people the power to have that control over your life, okay? It's not important what their relationship with, with those other people who are out there talking. No, it is important here the relationship that you've had with them. That's the only thing that matters, okay? That was your loved one. And how the relationship uh-huh. you had to do was the only thing that's important. You thank God, as he said, you thank God for the laugh, the smile, the, the, the serious conversations you had, the disagreement maybe you may have had or outlook you may have had on something. That's what you sit there and give God thanks. And when you give God thanks for that, you're going to see your healing begin right away. And I concur with everything that was said. And uh, let's take the uh, next two callers, okay? Uh, okay. Okay. This, is, this call is coming from the 469 number. Okay. Hello, welcome to Reaking Up My Heart Podcast. You're on the air with Brother Prater and Mr. Landolph Washington. How you doing today? Hello? Hello? Yes, yes, how you doing? Welcome to Reaking Up My Heart Podcast. You're on the air with Brother Prater and also uh, Mr. Landolph Washington. Oh, oh, thank you for having me. Um, I've enjoyed this entire um, podcast about grief and about different kinds of grief and everything. And um, the thing that came to me was more, um, I think it's Ecclesiastes 7, where it says, it was a very serious verse where it says, it's better to have a sad face is better for the heart. A sad face is better for the heart than a cheerful face, and it's better to go to a funeral than a party. And I think the reason why Solomon said that was because of the fact that we should take life seriously. And to piggyback on what Brother Landy just said um, about making sure, you know, not to really ponder on the negative, but that just to make sure that you're bonding and, you know, spending as much time and cherishing each moment with the loved ones around you and the family members around you and the people that God has placed into your life because um, it is better to take life seriously because you never know. Death is very unexpected. So that was just the thing that was on my heart to share to add my little two cents because that's the first verse that came to my mind in light of this beautiful podcast. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I, I thank you. 
thank you for those nuggets, and I thank you for your support, and just continue to keep us lifted up as we continue to lift you all up, too. Amen. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Yes, and, you know, and I'm I'm glad that she even said that because what made me think was um, while she was speaking, a lot of times with grief, I know I was, I dealt with this when I lost my best friend. Best friend, uh, he actually died uh, the day of my birthday. <clears throat> with grief, a lot of time, grief will make us become fearful of being close to people okay. again. Sometimes it will make us feel so withdrawn, especially someone that was dear to our hearts, just like, just like a breakup. Mm-hmm. It make you scared to love again. It make you scared to be able to be vulnerable or be close to someone because when you lose someone that's so dear to your heart, you're scared to have that same experience of closeness again because you don't want it. You don't want to feel that again. You don't want to feel that hurt. You know, and like the young man said, you know, death is something that none of us could ever avoid. But sometimes when we lose someone, it makes us so scared to even be able to live again. And so sometimes that depression may come where it may isolate us, make us feel isolated or even become isolated so that way we won't be close to people or we won't even allow other people to become close to us. So I've I've dealt with that myself. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but look, look like, um, hmm, look like everything. But I'll tell you what, what we're going to do, we're going to um, – just in case those who may be listening, uh, they may may be going through something right now, but they don't know how to get connected. They don't know how to get, uh, how to, you know, just talk to God. Can you talk to us about, you know, being able to just give everything to God, talk to God, or even someone that may be listening who may not be saved? Can you talk to them about you know, how to become saved and you know, just whatever the Lord lay upon your heart to share at this moment. Well, let me say this. For those who are going through grief and things, it's one thing that I always say in the class, and I I reference this passage of Scripture where he tells us come boldly before the throne of grace. That means that we should come with our heads up, our chest stuck out, and tell God whatever is on our mind. It's like we're talking to somebody else. Tell God just what I'm If I'm mad, tell him how mad you are, okay? If you don't like something, you tell him. I, I don't like it. Just tell him how. You don't have to mix words with God. You don't have to try to find words. No, God wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be real. So say it like it is. Trust me, God understands your hurt your disappointment, your confusion, okay? God understands all of that, okay? Let me say for those out there who don't know the Lord, look, first of all, don't think you got to get yourself right because you can't get yourself right because if you could get yourself right, you'd have done that a long time ago, okay? You can't. Now, the Bible tells us 
that we all have failed and fallen short. In other words, we missed the mark that God wants us to hit, okay? And so, therefore, since we realize that, is that all we have to do is acknowledge to God, you know what? I've been wrong. I'm sorry. See, here's what confession. Let's understand, first of all, confession. Confession simply means it's say the same thing that God says. See, too many times we say, well, I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry for? You haven't acknowledged what you're sorry about. You haven't acknowledged and agreed with God what you're saying you're sorry about. So what you have to say mm-hmm. is, look, God, I know I am wrong. I know that my lifestyle, my thoughts, my actions is not your thoughts and your actions. They don't line up with your character. So I acknowledge I'm wrong. And there are two numerous for me. So I'm acknowledging everything about my life is totally contrary to your, your, your holy nature and your holy character. And so therefore I ask you to forgive me. See, because now I'm being authentic, okay, because mm-hmm. I have opened myself up to God. I am vulnerable to God, and I'm acknowledging that, you know what, I need help. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Everything I've touched has failed. I find the only success I will have in life is through you. I acknowledge that after this life that there's another life. And I show don't want to be apart from you, okay? So I, I, I like to just tell people, say, hey, just be open. Mm-hmm. Just confess. See, that, that's what it tells us. Romans uh, nine, uh, 10, 9, and 10. See, he tells us if we confess, and that's why I brought in confession. See, confession is saying mm-hmm. the same thing. Because some people look at it and say, well, I don't see no harm. And even the wrong believers, we say this thing that, well, it ain't no harm. It's not what you do is how you do it. That's nonsense. That's craziness. And uh, so the thing is that we have to say what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, that we have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. And when we do that, then we find that God will come into our lives. And uh, don't 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 come up the don't make the excuse that uh, I got to get right, okay? No. And another thing, let me say this: that too many times believers do un, believers do this, and especially unbelievers. There's a comparison. You don't ever compare. You don't compare mm-hmm. yourself with it. Uh, forget about because a lot of times we find what unbelievers say as well. The church is full of nothing but a bunch of hypocrites and stuff. Okay. That may be true to a point, but the thing is, it's not about them. What they're doing that God's going to hold you responsible for, God is going to hold you responsible for your own actions. So you have to understand, I need to get my actions together. There is a life after this life. When you die, that is not the end. We see in Lazarus, a lot of times I like to tell people about the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man, he died. And he lifted his eyes up in hell. And it said Lazarus was carried off into the bosom of Abraham. And mm-hmm. yet still this rich man, watch this here, no prayer that you can pray for somebody once they're gone is going to change their situation because whatever happened at death, that's it. Right, There's right, no right. That around. There's no turning that around. And so I like to give them the story that they can see. They can see the imagery. Notice the rich man says, well, just send Lazarus back to him. No. If you send one back from the dead, most of us are scared of ghosts anyway, okay? We, we're going to run mm-hmm. from that, okay? All right? 
I'm just I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to say it in layman terms so that we can understand it, okay? And so, no, uh-uh. Here's the thing. If they're not going to hear the preachers, the teachers, the lay people in their families, their friends and coworkers telling them about Jesus, they sure are not going to believe someone that comes from the dead. So, right. while the Lord is near, then they need to reach out to him so that they can find him because there's going to come a time they won't be able to get him. And so this is what we have to understand, that this world here is not everything. This is only temporary. James tells us that life is no more than a vapor. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. Death is going to come knocking at all of our doors. And so the question is, will you be ready? Mm. Tell you what, we got we got two and a half minutes. Can you give us a quick prayer for those who may be grieved or those who may just want to hear from God? Sure. Be more than glad to. Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, we do thank you, Father, for this podcast. We thank you for the Minister Prater. We thank you for all our listeners out there today. And, Father, we thank you for letting us be able to bring this particular topic to the forefront, to let our brothers yes. and sisters know that if we go through grief, this is an opportunity and a challenge for us to exercise the faith that we have, faith we have in you. Yes, Lord, it's difficult, like working out and exercising and building our muscles first. They hurt. Yes, they hurt. Yet they strain. We ache all over. But yet and still, as we continue through and go through those, we find that our spiritual muscle, our faith, and we're able to flex them in any and every given situation. And so, Lord, we thank you at this time, though it may sound funny to sound, but, Lord, we thank you for the grief in which all of us have shared and those who hadn't that we will go through because we know through going through our different grief that you will lift up our head. You will restore our life. You're going to turn our situation around. You're going to turn our sorrow into joy. Lord, we see nothing but a great outcome. So we thank you, Father, for what you are doing to each and every brothers and sisters that is going through grief at this time and those who will go through that haven't gone through, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, for loving us and being attended to us as we go through this phase of life. And, Lord, we're going to make sure that you help us to give us the strength to give you thanks, to give you praise, to worship you, Father, as we go through grief, Father, because we know, Father, you are our very own Father, and you love us so much. So, Lord, we pray at this time that you strengthen each and every brother and sister because these are your children, Father. And as your children hurt, you hurt. And you also say, Father, that in your one scripture says, we ask that in another translation, that you put our tears in a bottle. Help us to understand that each tear that we shed, you take account of each tear, and you number them one by one. And help us to understand that our tears are not in vain. Our hurt is not in vain. And yet and still, though we may not understand the reason why, yet and still we give you and we trust you. And we put all our faith in you at this hour, Lord. 
And we thank you, Father, for the same life that you have given us in Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, through each week that we live, that it empower us to go and help someone else and help partner with your son, Jesus Christ, and expand your kingdom here on earth. It's asking your son, Jesus' name, and we thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We want to thank Minister Landolph Washington once again for not just your presence, but even your nugget. Thank God for you allowing God to use you. We thank those who called in with uh, comments, words, even uh, just confirmation. We thank I really thank God for this show, this program, and I pray that it ministered to you all. Please keep this podcast in your prayers for those that may be blessed by those who are that will be listening, especially this particular episode. So we thank you all, and y'all have an awesome night. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart. Good night. Good night. Good night.